Well, thank you so much. Thank you, choir, for sharing with us. Thank you, praise team. Thank all of you for joining in and worshiping this morning. Thank you for joining in our singing. And pray that the Lord was honored with that. And so thank you for taking part in worship. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We've been studying Matthew chapter 6 on Wednesday night as we uh, studying the model prayer. We've been studying about prayer on Sunday night during discipleship training. Studying the model prayer on Wednesday night, and then uh, God has led us to Matthew chapter 5, which are, is the Beatitude chapter. I want to read um, verses um, 13 through 16. Verse 13 will be our text, but I want to read verse 13 through 16. I want to share with you a sermon entitled, On Mission with God, Being the Salt, Being salt. Matthew 5 verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth cast or good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and give it light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This morning, let's focus on verse 13 as a text. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his sever, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. For the past several weeks, God has shown to us that he is on mission. And that mission is to win a lost world to himself. Way back in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, I want us to look at that. It should be on the screen. Even before the foundation of the world, God devised a plan where he could save lost man. And God comes and he makes a covenant with Abram. And that covenant was passed down to individuals, then it was passed to Israel, and then it was passed to the new Israel, which uh, that's who we are. Genesis chapter 12 Verse 1, Now the Lord hath said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. I'll make thee of a great nation, and I'll bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now notice verse 3. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God was going to use Abraham, made a covenant with Abraham that through Abraham, his descendants would be a blessing to all the nations of the world. This one family would grow and grow and grow and grow, and they would point a lost world to a holy God. He made that covenant with Abraham. Abraham died, he passed that covenant to his children, to Isaac, and then to to Jacob, and then it went down to Moses. Then God 
dealt instead of individually, he dealt with an entire nation. He dealt with Israel. He'd made that same covenant with them, but they refused themselves to be that blessing, and they even rejected the Messiah. So God raised up a new Israel, and that's us, the Gentiles. However, we also have been made aware that through this design process of salvation, God's mission is also our mission. So God has a mission of reaching a lost world to himself, but we're a part of this great commission of God. Matthew chapter 28, he mentions that commission. Verse 18, verse 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. So simply put, when you and I accepted God's free gift of salvation, we also accepted his mission. We became, the Bible says, we became his ambassadors. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Listen to what verse 17 says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if any man is reborn, if any man has been reconciled to God, if you've been saved, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given that to us. To wit, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing the trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So God was reconciling the world to himself. When God called us into salvation, we accepted that free gift, and we became reconcilers with God. We became ambassadors, ambassadors of God. Look, if you will, in verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. So God is, God is beseeching the lost by us as though it was Christ. I'm a reconciler. And God's using me, God's using you as though it was Christ. Sharing the gospel with individuals. For he hath made him to be sin for us, verse 20. For he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Therefore, please understand that when a person receives salvation, those of you who have been born again, trusted in Jesus Christ and him alone for your salvation, been reconciled to God through Christ, you be understood that you receive the grace of God, you receive the mercies of God, the benefits of salvation, eternal life in heaven, but those who receive salvation also receive the mission of God. And we are on mission with God to win a lost world to Him. And God has left us in a world not to be of the world, but to reconcile the world to Him. That is a vast responsibility for us individually, 
And for us as a church, for us as a body of believers, the local church. Now, with our mission comes an urgency. Can you sense an urgency about our mission? There's an urgency. Our loved ones are lost, and they're on a way to hell. Unless we are successful in sharing the message of the gospel. Our friends, our neighbors, our classmates, our co-workers, all of our relatives. They're on the way to hell unless we are successful in sharing the message of the gospel with them. So there's an urgency because of the need of the lost. But there's an urgency because Jesus could return any moment. He tells us in John 14, John 14, verse 6, familiar passage, Let not your heart be troubled. John 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you, and if I, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And so Christ is coming back. There's an urgency to get the message of the gospel out because of our loved ones and because of the return of Christ. And then there's an urgency because I may die soon. Anytime. You may die anytime. And there's one thing that we cannot do in heaven that we have to do on earth. And that's to share the message of the gospel. You won't share that in heaven, my friend. If you're ever going to share the gospel, you'll do it here on earth or you won't share it at all. Now the big question is, how can I make a difference in such a great mission? God, how can I make a difference? So Jesus gives our function as a Christian, as a believer, in four verses there in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Notice verse 13, Matthew chapter 5. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt is lost its sever, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Now I can reduce that verse down to one word. And how I can be used in this mission. As great as the mission is, and as important, and as urgent as the mission is. And he shared that verse, you're the salt of the earth. The salt has lost its flavor. Wherewith shall it be salted? It's good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden down by the foot of men. I can reduce that verse down to one word, and that word is influence. I can make a difference, you can make a difference. And the commission, the great commission... By our influence as Christians. Now here's the point. In all that a person is, and all that a person does, and a person is or not is, or is not, the sum total of your character, can, you know, is going to affect other people. One writer put it this way, and I liked it. He said, you are writing a gospel. You being a believer. Believers, listen up. You are writing a gospel, a chapter each day, by the deeds that you do and the words that you say. Men, read what you say or what you write, whether faultless or true. Say, 
What's the gospel according to you? What is your life demonstrating the gospel to be? What are you sharing with others through your life? That's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 5, verse 13 through 16. He's talking about influence. He's talking about how you and I affect the world and what we say and what we do and how we act. Now, if you notice verse 13, look at verse 13. Jesus says, ye are you are the salt of the earth. Amen? You are the salt of the earth. Now, Jesus makes a terrifying statement, a frightening statement to me. When I consider what I'm doing in my actions or what I'm saying by my words in order to influence the commission, the great mission. He says, if the salt loses its flavor, if the salt loses its influence, it's good for nothing. If you lose your influence as a Christian for the gospel, you are good for nothing in regards to the mission. Here's the point. If you lose your influence as a Christian with your spouse, or a Christian with your children, or a Christian with your parents, or a Christian with your friend, or with your neighbors, or your co-workers, or a waitress in a restaurant, or a mechanic that works on your car. If you lose that influence, you are good for nothing in regards to influencing those in your life with the gospel message. A young boy... Went away to summer camp. I like the, the illustration said summer camp, but I, I like to say it as a young boy or a person going to summer camp or a student going to band camp or a student going to football or baseball spring training or an adult going to a week at a hunting lodge. But his mom asked him a question when he returned. She says, she asked him what his friends thought about him being a Christian. And he proudly replied, No problem, Mom. Not one of them even guessed it. Now, that'd be humorous, and it is humorous if it wasn't so serious. The point is, many Christians go about their normal traffic paths in life, and no one, no one, no one has a clue about your faith. No one. Now, if you haven't noticed, we live in a decaying world. Ed referred to that in his prayer a few minutes ago. And our Lord reminds us that we are, we, we are the salt of the earth. Now, but I'm afraid at times we've lost our flavor. We've lost our influence. And because of that, we should pray, God, have mercy on me today. I failed to be an influence for the gospel with classmates and colleagues at work and my neighbor. I failed. Now, since Jesus has declared us the salt of the earth, what does that mean? He said, you're, you're the salt of the earth. You're, you're the salt of the earth. How does that statement affect me? As a Christian, how should I as a believer be in salt of the earth affect the culture that's around me? 
How should I affect it? I listed about three or four things real quick. Number one, salt preserves. Preserves. Years gone by, some of you older adults remember this. You, you remember of the smoke box and how you'd put, you know, it didn't have refrigeration. I've heard my dad speak of it. And Vance Hester, Vance built a smoke box, him and R.B. Scott. We won't go into that, but I'll tell you about it when you've got three or four hours one day. But you put salt, you put the meat, you put the salt, and you put the meat, and the salt, and the meat, and the salt, and the meat, and you fill it up. And that salt purifies that meat without any refrigeration. Preserved by the salt. Salt's a preservative. Verse 13, notice what he says. Ye are the salt. That word ye is an emphatic pronoun. That's real important. Well, why is that, Brother Sammy? Because you're the only salt. Ye are the salt. You're the, nobody else is the salt. Ye are the salt. You're it. You and I are the salt. There's no other salt. The point is, if you and I do not hold back the corruption of this old world, it won't be held back. We are the salt. We're living in a decaying culture. And when something decays, it just kind of falls apart. And many of the institutions that were once sound are falling apart. Our colleges, universities that began with Judeo-Christian beliefs and principles are falling apart. Marriages are falling apart. Homes are falling apart. However, Jesus said that we're the salt. And so the only thing standing in the way of total collapse is not Democrats and Republicans. It's the salt. It's us. We're the salt of the earth. The people of God are the salt. We're the influence. Salt preserves. Secondly, salt flavors. You know, food without salt is kind of flat. Little salt brings a lot of flavor. I like a lot of salt to bring a lot, lot, lot flavor. <laughs> My wife, she uh, don't fuss on me. She encourages me not to eat so much salt. The point is, a believer is... It's to be life what salt is to food. We're to be to life what salt is to food. The point is, a real, a real now, not a hypocrite, but a real, authentic Christian leaves people with a good taste in their mouth. They bring the flavor. Now, now listen, the Lord never discouraged that his disciples... He, he never was discouraged about it. He just had a few disciples. You, you never hear God complaining that there was just a, a few related to the masses that they were trying to reach. He knew that it only takes a little salt to affect uh, a large mass. Uh, think of a baked potato. Take a little pinch. Put just a little pinch of salt. And uh, 
mash that up in that potato, and it affects that whole potato. So students, listen, and adults, but students, don't let the devil put into your mind that one or two or three in the high school, four or five, six that gather around a flagpole no one else shows. Don't let the devil tell you in your mind that you cannot make an influence in your school. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It only takes a pinch of salt to affect a mass of people. Point to remember, a little salt makes a huge difference. Salt preserves, salt flavors, salt stings. Have you ever had a cut and, and you, uh, you went to the ocean or something and you got in that salty water and, and all of a sudden you felt it burning? I mean, it, it really burned. And when Jesus said, you're the salt... He was saying that our lives should, should sting a little. Our lives, when people are around us, uh, they should get a little sting from the salt. They should have a little conviction about their life. See? Conviction to those that are around you. I've been praying about something that I hope we'll be able to have in our schools in Franklin County by mid-November, if the Lord works it out with our plant, my planning and his planning and him talk, if I've got sense enough to listen to him, it's about bring your Bible to school day. Did you know you can carry your Bible to school, guys? There's nothing that prohibits you from carrying your Bible to school. There's nothing that prohibits you from carrying your Bible to school, reading your Bible, sharing your testimony with friends and during break and during non-classroom time, you can do that. So I'm praying about trying to get in mid-November, perhaps, to bring your Bible to school, where we deal with all the schools in our county, city systems also, to get students to bring their Bible to school. Think what an influence. You see, the Bible does not say that you're the honey of the earth. The Bible does not say we're just to kind of soothe things over. But the Bible says you're the salt. You're supposed to bring a sting. I mean, we, we're not to soothe a sin-sick world, but we're to convict a sin-sick world. The point is being a godly example to convict others of the need of Jesus. That's what we need to be. Years ago, there's a song, man, in an old hymn book. And it said, let others see Jesus in you. While passing through this world of sin, and others your lives of view, be clean without and within. Let others see Jesus in you. Your life's a book before their eyes. They're reading it through and through. Say, does it point them to the sky? Let others see Jesus in you. What joy twill be at set of sun in mansions beyond the blue to find some souls that you have won. Let others see Jesus in you. Then live for Christ both day and night. Be faithful, be brave, be true. 
and lead the lost to life and light. Let others see Jesus in you. It's time, my friend, it's time to uh, sting, bring some conviction, preserve, add a little flavor, because why? We're the salt. Then fourth, I'm going to close with this. We're out there, but you'll get to hear it. Salt creates thirst. Uh, O.S. Hawkins said this. I liked it. He said, shared, uh, he said, let me see. He said this person that came to him on the theater, and after he was converted, he came to O.S. and he said, uh, O.S., Dr. Hawkins, I have to confess that I used to put extra salt in popcorn where people would buy larger drinks. It's neat. If you're buying larger drinks at the theater, heads up. And uh, I read that, and I thought, you know, uh, the old saying that that you can you can drive a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But you know, you can feed him a lot of salt; he'll drink. The point is, there should be something. Now, listen, there should be something in your life as a Christian, my life as a Christian, that makes people thirsty for Jesus. Something. You say, well, what could that be, Brother Samuel? Well, it could be your joy. It could be your prayer time, peeling off and studying your Bible and praying. You know, the Bible says that, that they were called Christians first at Antioch. Somebody would see a person under a tree reading the Scripture, kneeling down in prayer, and they say, Christos, he's Christos, he, he must be a Christian. It may be you sharing how God's answered a prayer in your life. It increases the faith in that individual. See, uh, you just got to feed them enough salt. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not, man, I'd like to be salt today, Brother Sammy. If you're a Christian, you are the salt. The question as a believer, is not a, am I the salt? Here's the big question. We're finished. Have I lost my flavor? Have I lost my flavor? Am I good for nothing for God and his mission? God help us to repent and be the salt we need to be. Preserve in a corrupt world. Flavor, be that influence. Have a sting about us that brings about conviction when people are around us. And create a thirst. Let others see Jesus in you. And they'll desire the same thing. Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for all you do for us in our life. Thank you for reminding us of your mission and reminding us that we're on mission and, and reminding us of the influence that we're to have in this world. We've, we've talked about it. We've prayed about it. Lord, we've been made aware of it. And now it's time, Lord, to, to be the salt that we're to be, the influence we're to be. Lord, for our sake, for our children's sake, for our loved ones' sake, for the world's sake, there's such an urgency. We are 
assault. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning.